0: We had a um, we had a great week in Lafayette. Uh, yeah, it's interesting if you've never been down that way. Like you 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 get down there and like there's people that look like us. They have a funny accent and then they just break out into French like, like it's nothing. Like they just start speaking French. Not real French. Not real French it's like a Creole. Uh, and, but it but it's just it's really interesting because like did they just say something about me? Like is that was that <laughs> pointed at me? I was um I was there visiting a company that provides our equipment, but they're also a competitor. So it was a really precarious situation for me all week. Um, these guys weren't big fans of of me or our company, but um, it was a good it was a great week. We got to eat some really good food, and Candace and McKenzie went and they held little alligators and um really cool. So uh. Just thankful to be back. I'm going to be in town this next week, which is going to be awesome. First time, I think, in a month. So really excited just to be at home. Um, But, yeah, I've been reading through, and I just feel like I've just been really, like, trying to slow down more and more as I read through the book of Jeremiah. And just, you know, it's so easy to read this and just think, judgment. Like, that's it. It's just judgment. But, um there's this little section here and I just think it, to me, like it really speaks to me, it really speaks about the, this like call to keep going forward, this call to stay in the promises of God and not return to, to the other thing. And so, um, I'm going to start in Jeremiah 42 and kind of to give a background here, like Judah, the, the nation of Judah, J- Jerusalem it is kind of caught in this, Awkward place between Babylon and Egypt. They're at war, and, and here's and here's Judah that's just, that's just kind of stuck between them. And you know, Babylon comes, and and Jerusalem kind of says, "Okay, we're gonna you know we're gonna be a a, a serf kingdom, or I don't know the right word, like a, like a I'm gonna serve you." And so he becomes a servant to Babylon, and then. Egypt comes in, and they kind of show some force, and he, and so he, he defies Babylon, and so there's this back and forth going on, and during all this, Jeremiah's prophesy you know, he, he's talking to him, he's like, look, it's, you know, it, it is coming, destruction's coming, um, but there's a remnant, right, like there's this hope, there's this promise out of all this, but in, in chapter 42, it says this. It says, uh, then all the commanders... So, so, so it's gone, right? Like, like Babylon has come and they've destroyed Jerusalem. They've taken the exiles. And now here's all these people. Jeremiah's left. And it says, all the commanders of the forces and Joanan, the son of Korea, and Jezaniah, the son of Hoshiah, and all the people from the least to the greatest came near and said to Jeremiah the prophet, let our plea for mercy come before you. And pray to the Lord your God for us, for all this remnant, because we're left with but a few as your eyes can see, or as your eyes see us. Uh, that the Lord your God may show us the way we should go and the thing that we should do. And Jeremiah the prophet said to them, I have heard you. Behold, I will pray to the Lord your God according to your request. And whatever the Lord answers you, I will tell you. I'll keep nothing back from you. And they said to Jeremiah, May the Lord be a true... And faithful witness against us, if we do not act according to all your word, with which the Lord your God sends you to us, whether it is good or bad, we will obey the voice of the Lord our God, to whom we are sending you, that it may be well with us when we obey the voice of the Lord our God. And so, there's this remnant here, right? And and I just find it interesting, you know, because there's kind of this going back and forth, and like there's a lot there, and that's not the really the subject of tonight. I Just. I really find it interesting that there's this like, go pray to your God, and Jeremiah responds, "I'll go pray to your God." Like, you know what I mean? He's not my God; he's he's our God. But, um, but so Jeremiah does that, and um, after ten days, he he comes back with this message, and uh, so that's kind of verse seven through the end of the chapter. He comes back with this message, and I'm just going to read a couple verses here, starting in verse nine. Um, he said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, to whom you sent me to present your plea for mercy before him. If you will remain in this land, then I will build you up and not pull you down. I'll plant you and not pluck you up, for I relent of the disaster that I did to you. Do not fear the king of Babylon, of whom you are afraid. Do not fear him, declares the Lord, for I am with you to save you and to deliver you from his hand. I will grant you mercy that, you, that he may have mercy on you and let you remain in your own land. But if you say we will not remain in this land, disobeying the voice of the Lord your God and say, no, we will go to the land of Egypt where we shall not see war or hear the sound of the trumpet or be hungry for bread and we will dwell there, then hear the word of the Lord, O remnant of Judah. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, if you set your face to enter Egypt and go there to live, then the sword that you fear shall overtake shall overtake you there in the, in the land of Egypt. And the famine of which you're afraid of shall follow close after you to Egypt. And there you shall die. When I think about what Egypt represents, right? Like Egypt is the, it, this, this is your bondage, Israel. This is the bondage that God delivered you from. And I just think how easy it is for us, when things don't look the way they should look, when things don't feel the way they should feel, when, when everything's not panning out the way I thought it should pan out, that I turn back to the thing that is my bondage. The thing that I had before, before I had this amazing thing with God. And it's, it's so easy to do. It's so, it's so simple. It's, it, it, it's almost natural. Um. And so in in chapter 43, they call Jeremiah a liar. Um, This is not what God said. Uh, He he says, you're telling a lie. The Lord our God did not send you to say, don't go to Egypt to live there. There's no war there. There's plenty of food there. God wouldn't have us stay here and, and, and we have nothing to provide for ourselves. That's the more logical choice. That's the thing that makes the most sense. There's no way God would want us to not be happy and be fed and be full, right? Like that can't be. God's will for me. Um, And then in chapter 44, he says this in verse 16, um, as for the word that you've spoken to, or the people tell him this, uh, that you've spoken to us in the name of the Lord, we will not listen to you, but we will do everything that we have vowed, making offering to the queen of heaven and pour out drink offerings to her as we did, both we and our fathers, our kings and our officials in the cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem. For then we had plenty of food. Then we prospered, we saw no disaster. But since we left off making offering to the Queen of Heaven and pouring out drink offerings to her, we have lacked everything and have been consumed by the sword and by famine. And I just think about like from my, in my own life, I think about, you know, what what how easy it is. Like, man, whenever I was whenever I was before Christ, like things seemed to be okay. Things weren't bad. And and like whenever I say bondage, Think about what Israel said to Moses as they're leaving, right? Like, you brought us out here to die. Wouldn't it have been better for us just to stay? At least we had food there, right? Like, but bondage isn't, I think we, think we hear that word and we think addiction, adultery, um, you know, poverty, whatever it, whatever it may be. But bondage is anything apart from Christ. I'm bound to my flesh until, I, until I'm crucified with him. And if I'm bound to my flesh, then like I could be this perfect family on Christmas morning, opening presents. I'm not cheating on my wife. I'm not abusing my kids. I do my job. I'm a great guy living in total, absolute demonic bondage because I don't have Christ. And so when things don't look the way I think they should, it may not be that I'm returning to some terrible thing. It may not be the, the, the alcoholic returning to a bottle. It may just be, saying, like, I'm just going to go back to doing what I, know. what I know and what I'm comfortable with. And so um, some of you already may be thinking this verse, but if we turn to John 21, um, verse 1 through 3, it says, After this Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberius, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathanael of Cana, in Galilee the sons of Zebedee and two others of his disciples were together and Simon Peter said to them i'm going fishing and they said we'll go with you like peter's old life wasn't a bad life per se right like he's doing a job he's providing for his family and but by returning to that he's returning to a form of bondage because jesus is like that's, that's only a physical representation of what I want you doing spiritually. And so you're, you're, you're going to return back to this old thing, to this thing. It's familiar. It's comfortable. And on face value, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. It's an honorable thing, right? Like if, if, if one doesn't work, he, sh- he shall not eat. Scriptural. He's doing the right thing. But, but what did Jesus tell them to do? He told them to Wait. Told him to wait to work. Christ called Peter to a better life. To a better life than just than just mending nets and just and just and just living in, in this bondage of the flesh. Um, but when things didn't look the way that you know Jesus said it was going to be different, and it's not. And so this is comfortable, this is easy, this is familiar, and I'm just going to go back to that. But because we've been identified with him in his death, we're identified with him in his life, and Romans 6, 4 says because of that we walk in a newness of life. We don't go back to the old things that bind us, the old things that separate us. We, we push forward regardless of what our life looks like. You know, I mean, you, you hear even tonight, like as we're, as we're talking about what to pray about, like there's some that are losing, there's some that are gaining. And how do we, how do we quantify? It's like, it's like we want there to be this line. And if I'm above that line, I'm blessed. And if I'm below it, I'm not blessed. If I'm up here, I have God's favor. and If I'm down here, I don't have his favor. And we want to put God in this mold, we want God to be to fit into this into this little mold that we can say it's this way every time, and if it's not that way, then, then it's just not God, but God just doesn't work like that. God says. God says, I'm going to make Paul's life so up and down that he's going to have to write words like, I've learned to be okay whether I have food or don't have food, whether I'm clothed or not clothed, whether I'm cold or warm. I'm just going to learn to be okay because what I see on the outside doesn't affect what's going on on the inside, and I'm not going to turn back to Egypt. I'm not going back to, to what is familiar and comfortable as it may seem. It's, it's, it's just, it's not what God wants for me. It's not what he's calling me into. Galatians five, right? Paul says this to to the Galatian church. He says like you've been set free, but because you've been set free, what does he say? He says, "For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Don't go back to Egypt. Don't go back to slavery." Like, you've been set free. But now, now, now there, there's this need to push. There's this need to strive. And it's not works. Like, I'm going to work hard enough, and I'm going to get something out of life. When, when Paul wrote to the Philippian church, and he said, this one thing I do, I press on. That word, like, I'm striving to something. He's working really hard at something. But it's not like I'm getting something because... Because I'm working hard enough, it's like because he laid his life down for me, I'm gonna push on. I'm gonna push through. I'm never going to stop. I'm never gonna return to that old self, that old man, because because he because it's it's a finished work, right? Like I don't have to subject myself again to to that bondage. We don't look back at, at in the past, right? Like. I used to wrestle with Paul writing to Timothy, talking so much about a clean conscience. Like, who, who, how dare Paul, of all people, write about a clean conscience? And, and as I'm reading these words, right, like I'm in a place in my life where, where I'm wrestling with my own conscience. As a new believer, and, it, and it's like you start to see it because it's because if I've truly been crucified, if I've really put... Egypt completely behind me if I've allowed God to like engulf Egypt in the Red Sea behind me mm. and I push on and I, and I go forward then then I can then I can always look to the, to 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 the calling right what he says in Philippians the high calling yeah, in Luke 9 um, he, Jesus says this he says no one who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God like we can't live this this duplicity. We can't live pushing on and being champions for Christ and still living in Egypt, still keeping Egypt kind of as that as that backup plan, my plan B. If things go bad, I'll just go back to Egypt because when I was there, I had food. When I was there, I was fed. And and, and like Jesus is saying like when once you once you set your mind, once you Commit your heart to me. Never turn back. Like you don't have to go back to that. Just, just be. And I think we, as an American church, like we we've done such a disservice to the lonely people at their doors because we've because we've put this line there and we've said if you're up here you're blessed and if you're down here you're not. And and, and we've we've mixed and we've blended way too much of like of like what, what our life should look like on the outside when all Christ was ever worried about is what our life looked like on the inside. Yes. The wretched man hanging naked on a tree next to him will be with him in paradise. Why didn't he get his blessing? Where is his, where is his healing? Where is his, and so it's not to say like these things never happen. It's to say we just push forward Knowing that God can and, 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 and sometimes will do anything He wants, but but my relationship here isn't determined by what I can see or what it looks like out here. And I just know that I never turn back, right? I never turn back um to 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 what things were and, and you know what Paul says there in Philippians. Um, not that I've already obtained it, or, or or I'm already made perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Look, because Christ Jesus made me His own. I'm responding to something He did. I'm striving towards this towards this relationship with Him, towards this towards this victory that He's won because of something He did, not because of anything I've done, not because of my works or because of because of my ideas. Actually. Um, Sorry, jump back to, or you don't have to turn here, but just jumping back to Galatians um, 2.21 or 20. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen to this. I do not nullify the grace of God for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. And when you look at that word there for law, like it can mean the Mosaic law. And it can also mean like a systematic process. If Christ died because of some, or, or if righteousness comes because of some process, because I say enough prayers, or, or I spend enough time in a church building, or, or I bring enough people to Christ, like if, if righteousness comes that way, then Christ is dead in vain and it doesn't negate any of those things of course but like if if these things are true then this is why like this is how this this is this is my purpose behind pressing forward this is my purpose behind staying out of Egypt behind you know me not turning back to that to that bondage to that to that place that that mindset that that heart condition where Maybe I'm just apathetic. Like for me, that was it. Like before Christ, like all the other things that were wrong. Like the the worst part of me was the apathetic nature that I had. Like this really just is this this nonchalant mindset. So, like we don't return to the old things. Uh, they may seem peaceful. They may seem okay. They may they may be wretched. But we don't return to them. Um, it's not because of what we see on the outside. It's because the work. On the inner man, but like, listen to this because this is something I want to kind of wrap it up with this. Listen to what Jeremiah says in in forty two eighteen, and want and I want to compare it with something. He says this. He says he ends at the end of this verse says this. It says, um, "You shall become an exasperation, a horror, a curse, and a taunt, and you shall see this place no more." Now, they're going into Egypt. You shall see this place no more. I'm going to jump over to Exodus. And in Exodus fourteen thirteen, listen to this. Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm. See the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again when they left there, right, the promise of God was you will never see this again. And when they turn their back on, on, on the promises of God, like this, this new thing that God is doing, this thing that God is promising to them, look at God's response. Like you will never see this place again. Like you're, you're walking into a death trap. And so like we, we, we push on. We, we push forward not because, not because, and, and this isn't even like, for me, this isn't even about like, you know, you're going to lose something, right? Like the, the promises of God are, find their yes and amen in Christ. It's about, it's about my witness to, to the world. It's about my, it's about my, um, my representation as an ambassador to Christ in the world, in the broken world around us. Like I want that to be something that the that, that people see, 2020, us be on the brink of bankruptcy, and and not care. Like like I don't care what God does with my physical life. I want to be used for Him, and I think like that just does so much for our witness to those around us when we're willing to to not bait to not turn back, just because our external circumstances seem shaky, just because our external circumstances seem like, like this isn't what I was promised. This isn't what he said it was going to be. Like, I want to know that I can close, that like the stone rolled closed and then it rolled open again. Like, like there is light on the other side of that dark place and I you know, and just, and not, not turn back. Amen. That's all I had, guys.